Hello, everybody, and welcome to Random Trek Review, the podcast where we analyze, discuss, and review randomly selected Star Trek episodes. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host on this edition of RTR, and I'm joined by my good friend, Andrew, who I happen to know has seen every John Ford movie, and we'll have no trouble talking about this uh, wild, wild uh, episode. Andrew, how you doing? Well, howdy, partner. Why don't we just mosey on down to the old saloon? And uh, get a couple of shots of whiskey before we uh, sit down to record this one. What do you think? It's only if it's cigar and whiskey, because I hear it packs quite a punch. Yeah, that is true. It does. Uh, it does pack a punch. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Um, ready to uh, delve into the Wild West, uh, Star Trek style. Uh, why don't we uh, start by uh, going back to the end of uh, last podcast, and uh, Andrew can tell me how I did with my recall of this episode, which was, um, well, you, you, you give me the... the, give me the, uh, I'll, give you the I'll give you the Coles notes here. So um, you said that it was humans in the Wild West, which is true, um, and that it was kind of just a random planet where that was occurring. It wasn't a time travel thing or anything like that. Um, you did mention that there was going to be saloon shootouts, which there was kind of a big shootout at the end in very typical Wild West fashion, so that was correct as well. Um, you said that they were looking for um, a clues to the super weapon because of the season three arc where they're looking for the, um, I forget who it was, not the Zindi in season three, it's... Um, yeah, it was the Zindi. Oh, Zindi, okay, it was the Zindi in season three, um, which that was actually not really part of it. This is a totally standalone episode. I think they mention at one point at the end that they're kind of too busy um, to necessarily relocate them. But other than that, um, it was there was no super weapon piece. Um, you mentioned that there was a sheriff and a robber. There was a sheriff, but no robber, so that's moot. Um, you said that Archer got beaten up, and of course he did when he was uh, trying to teach the kids. Of course um, he got beaten up. He always gets beaten up. And you said that T'Pol will come in and save the day, and she did not. So I feel like you had the gist... Um, I think that, yeah, you missed kind of all the skags and all the, the, the kind of the reason why they were there and things like that. Uh, but you know what? Still not too, too bad. Um, we're ranking this one this week out of Kigar and Whiskey, uh, conveniently yes. enough. And I think I am going to go, I'm right on the fence, but you know what? You're kind of on a hot streak, uh, so I'm going to kind of err on the, on the cautious side. I'm going to go two out of five on the Kigar and Whiskey. Uh, if you're playing along at home, you can, I guess, uh, I guess you can grade yourself. Yeah, okay. Well, two out of five, I guess, is not so great, but um, I'm not as well-versed on Enterprise as some of the other series. So That is true, and I feel like some Enterprise episodes coming up when I get them, they're going to be zeros out of five, so <laughs> i got to keep the race close. Or the animated series. Mm. I can't wait for the animated series. True enough, true enough. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, this week we're going to be reviewing uh, and discussing uh, North Star, which is... Uh, from Enterprise, it's Season 3, Episode 9, so fairly early in the uh, the whole Zindi story. Uh, it originally aired on November 12, 2003. It guest stars Emily Burgle as Bethany, Glenn Morshauer as McCready, and James Parks as Bennings. It was written by David A. Goodman and directed by David Strayton. And in case you didn't uh, get a chance to watch it, I'll give you a quick synopsis here so you know what we're talking about. In the dead of night in a lowly western town, a group of bandits call another man a skag, lynch him, and then ride off into the night. Archer, T'Pol, and Tucker appear in town the next day, dressed for the Wild West, determined that the inhabitants of the western town are human and try to figure out how and why they are there. T'Pol and Trip head for the next town to find some answers while Archer grabs some coffee at the local saloon. After a standoff with an alien called a skag by the humans in the saloon, Archer meets the local teacher, Bethany, who takes him to the Skagaran settlement. There, Archer learns that the Skagarans abducted the humans 300 years ago and brought them to the planet to act as slave labor. The humans overthrew their Skagaran overlords and made them into second-class citizens to ensure they would never be enslaved again. The town sheriff arrives and arrests Bethany for teaching Skagarans and throws her in jail. Archer breaks her out, but Bethany is shot in the process, which prompts Archer to have them beamed aboard Enterprise in plain view of the town. 
Dr. Phlox treats Bethany while Archer and the crew decide what to do with the humans. Archer returns to the town in a shuttle pod and explains the situation to the sheriff. After the meeting ends, a good old-fashioned gunfight breaks out in the town square. After subduing the deputy and his men, Archer leaves with a promise to return after Enterprise completes its mission finding the Zindi. Bethany returns to the planet and begins teaching the children about Earth. Alright, why don't we start by uh, just giving a quick overall impression of the episode and maybe talk about the first time you saw it or any memories you have of this episode. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you start us off? So, interestingly enough, there's actually a uh, very popular video game that just came out recently, um, just in the fall um, of 2018, called Red Dead Redemption 2. So I've been playing that game, and uh, kind of with it, I've been very into old westerns. Like, uh, it's kind of spurred this, you know, interest in the old west and the 1880s and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so this when, is perfect timing. It, you know what? You would think that it was perfect timing. And uh, at the very beginning of this episode, I was really into it, especially like it's a very hot opener. Um, and I would say maybe the first like 15, 20 minutes, I was really kind of into this because I've been into the whole genre and I just kind of lost it like or it lost me I guess I should say um, I thought it was okay but it didn't really hold my interest uh, in terms of the first time I had watched it this was the first time I had watched it oh. so um, I think that this is kind of maybe the first for this um, I'm pretty sure every episode that has come up I had seen, but as you know, I am only really kind of halfway through Enterprise. It's the one series that's always been on the back burner, so because this is season three, I had not seen it, and I was kind of glad that it was a standalone episode because I'm kind of quickly trying to catch up on it, but this is my first time seeing it. What about you? Um, overall, I, I liked it. I thought it was solid, and there was actually a decent story to it, and I thought it was kind of a nice homage to some of the uh, the old Western films. Um, compared to some of the other, like, Western Star Trek, I mean, there aren't that many, but the others have been not so good. Now, as far as when I first saw it, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, because I wasn't really that into Enterprise during the original run on Season 3, so, um, it was probably not until reruns, or maybe even a few years ago when I, like, went through Enterprise, uh, once. Um, but I did remember that it was, um, I, I do remember there was a Western-themed Enterprise episode, and um, I, I mean, I got to admit that I, I did kind of guess a little bit when you pulled that name out, because I, I, it made sense, but I wasn't 100% sure if it was actually the, the episode. Right. <laughs> and I got lucky, I guess. Um, let's get into a bit of a like background development uh, information that we were able to pull out about this episode. Um, this one was very heavily in influenced by the numerous original series Enterprise that involved kind of parallel Earths. Um, there were tons of them. They're, they go to all different time periods of, of Earth. I mean, there's one where they're like gangsters in like the 20s, and there's um, there's a Western-themed original series one, so... Um, yeah, this, um, this was it was this one was heavily influenced by those uh, those episodes. Right, and this would have been after Fistful of Datas as well, correct? Yes. So, um, Fistful of Datas, the original series one was Spectre of the Gun. Yep. Um, yep. And then this one, I don't remember Voyager ever doing an Old West. I, those are the only ones that I could think of. Right. Um, Voyager was always like colloquial times or whatever, whatever Fairhaven was. That seemed to be yeah. like the one that they always go to, but that was kind of not the 1800s like the late 1800s yeah voyager yeah they sort of stuck with that, that time period kind of yeah 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 now the writer was actually challenged by the producers to come up with like a similar episode like that for enterprise so they basically said like do this try try to try to come up with a cool uh cool original and series inspired parallel earth enterprise episode and this was the uh, the end result um which is probably pretty tough I mean, if there only is the three Westerns, um, Spectre of the Gun, you, you might need to help me here. Wasn't that kind of like a planet that was all based around the Old West because they were kind of like, didn't they read a book or something and they were kind of obsessive about the I'm era? Sure. I don't really remember exactly. And Fistful of Datas was a holodeck um, episode gone yeah. awry. Yes. So, I mean, it's not the easiest thing to find a very specific period of time to have your characters go back to, right? So... Uh, we can talk about whether you thought that this was a good one, but 
I mean, I get the appeal because, I mean, people love old westerns, right? Yeah. No, this was originally set in medieval times, not west, like the Wild West. Um, I guess they did do that on Next Generation too, though, right? I am not a merry man. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, Cupid, the, Ro- the Robin Hood episode. Yeah, I guess that's not really, that's kind of medieval times-ish, right? Kind of, yeah. I don't know, do you like when Star Trek kind of goes back in time or goes to a planet where it's like very specifically like an Earth-centric time like there's that episode of voyager they go the night like the 1990s um and of course uh the one with the whales they go back to like the 1980s the voyage home do you like that or no um i like it if like i i'm a big story guy so if there's like a good story behind it i don't really mind it but if they just are like oh the wild west set hasn't been used in like months we should dust it off and then they just write some half-baked story to get them there that i don't really like that. right yeah i kind of agree like i feel like voyage home is a good example of where it was really well done and then there's plenty of times where you can say that it wasn't well done yes that is very true now, there is a very conscious effort to get the tone right in this episode and, and avoid the whole, like, fistful of datas thing where it just turns into a complete farce. Um, they really wanted to try and make this, like, as authentically Wild Western as they could, which I thought was kind of... I thought it was good, and I thought they did a pretty decent job of it. I mean, it didn't really seem kitschy or anything. I mean, the aliens were very subtle, which mm-hmm. I thought was good. Mm-hmm. A decent reason as well as to why they were of that era. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it right? was. I thought it was very. Uh, I thought it was a pretty plausible and, and good story. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. And then this is also one of the very few like self-contained episodes in season three because you know there's that whole overarching and ongoing Zindi story with mm-hmm. the you know the super weapon and all that stuff that and. and we're kind of lucky we picked this one because we don't really have to get into that at all. Yeah, that's true. I feel like if we do kind of end up getting anything in that season three, and I think season four is the same for Enterprise, we're going to have to kind of talk about where it is on the on the timeline. Or Star Trek Discovery season one, same idea, yeah. right? Is that like Star Trek, you think of it as being kind of like a serialized pull it out of a hat and go. But yeah, if we do run into something that's kind of more along the lines of like a discovery season one then i guess we'll have to kind of talk about where they're at which might make for a little bit of work but that's fine yeah i mean they barely mentioned it in this episode there's really just that one scene where they're like what are we going to do with these humans and archer's like well when we're finished with the zindi we'll come back right yeah that's really the only mention of it in the entire episode it's kind of nice for our purposes uh this time around but Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to we'll have to address it when uh when it comes around again definitely let's uh, dive right into the plot here now um it starts with uh the scene where the guys sort of take that other dude in the middle of the night and they lynch him in the middle of town and um this is one of those teasers where i like wonder if i'm on the right channel because like there's no hard concrete indication that you're even watching star trek until the credits start rolling um did you did you like that or did you I did kind of like I said I'm really into um I'm really into westerns right now so this kind of did start hot for me so you know the horses and uh you know the old gear and the cowboy hats and everything like that and then like the good old fashioned lynching on the town square like I I was kind of into it um I definitely thought that it was a hit the ground running kind of idea uh, but that's good every once in a while, and it's just that little bit of action that's gonna to kind of get started. Um, I have to be honest; I don't know that "skag" was a good term to use. Like we eventually learned that it's short for Skagarans, but when they kind of first mention it, and maybe this was done intentionally, but I was I was thinking like, is that a you know late 18th century like term that I just don't remember or don't know? Like mm-hmm. um, I kind of thought like, is that just something that they used to call people from the old west? It wasn't till later because. Like you said, the aliens are not really defined. They don't really look that different. And when it was all dark at night and stuff like that, like I wasn't sure whether that was just like calling, you know, somebody any kind of derogatory thing. Like, mm-hmm. did you did you know? I guess maybe you had remembered it, but like, did you pick up on that or no? 
Yeah, no, that was kind of hard. like I didn't really remember anything about the Skagarans when I first pulled this episode out. So I was like, oh, maybe I, I kind of thought the same thing. Maybe that's just some like Western slang, West, yeah, right? Some, like, like partner, West, like yeah, like Western slang or something. And so I, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really think much of it. But uh, I mean, knowing that it was Star Trek, I obviously knew. But I mean, I, I'm sure when you're watching it for the first time, you could be like, "Am I on the right channel here?" Like, did yeah. I accidentally switched to like the the Western channel. Yeah, no, definitely, it definitely has that feeling, and that's that is a little bit of a compliment in the sense that it does feel that way. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and I mean, they do that every so often. They they'll have some sort of like, I guess, blind teaser that you know, leads into something that's very non-Star Trek. Now, uh, we the, the show, the episode starts um, after the credits, and we start, we see Archer and the rest of the, um, and his uh, little little gang of uh, Starfleet uh, cowboys, uh, and they seemed very well adjusted to the Western environment. Um, did that seem strange to you, or, or, you know, were they just like scanning in orbit and were like, okay, we're just going to have to blend in? I don't know, actually. I kind of feel like because like what you said, where you're not really sure what you're watching, um, I wasn't a hundred percent that they shouldn't have maybe shown the ship or something, you know, like just a kind of a quick casual, just to kind of remind everybody, like there are lots of episodes of Star Trek where it's completely off of the ship and everything like that, but they usually kind of do like an establishing shot or something like that, that just kind of reminds people like you're watching a Star Trek episode. This is about like space exploration and that kind of thing. Uh, but again, they, they wanted to kind of jump right into it. Um, you, you overpass something that I just kind of, if you don't mind, I don't I'd like to kind of just backtrack on a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, the title card and if you remember back to the very early episodes, one of the things that I think I go against the grain is that I really like the title card for Enterprise. I love me some Faith of the Heart, but <laughs> it wasn't the same. That's so true. Yep. I'm watching it, and this is the first time I've seen a season three episode, and I thought, oh, this is so cool. They've updated the song to be like all westernized, you know, with the... You know, I was expecting like the rawhide cow whip and stuff. Like it kind of starts with like a dig, 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 and so I was kind of like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. And then it kind of keeps going, and I go, uh oh, like this isn't really super westerny. You know, there's not a lot of westerny sounds to it. And I was thinking, like, did they change it? So I went and I kind of went to some other episodes. I didn't watch them, but I just went to like the card. No, it's different. Yep. And it's bad. It's ruined. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I really like the first two season title card for Enterprise, but I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think if I get season three, season four, like, I think it might be Skip. Like, it's bad. I mean, I know that you don't even like the season one version of that song and that title card, but you have to admit it's, like, tangibly. Like, they took something that was bad, in your opinion, and made it worse, if that's the case. Pretty, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I definitely hit the Skip button when I watched it this time, so I didn't really notice. <laughs> Let's move along here. So the Archer heads to the local saloon and he's sitting around, sitting at the bar drinking some coffee, even though it was like a bazillion degrees out there. Um, and there's a little bit of a standoff. Um, the, the the deputy and his his cronies waltz in and they try to like bait this uh, skag that was working at the saloon into shooting him. And um, Archer like expertly diffuses that situation. Um, what did like? I guess this is to establish that the deputy's got like. Oh, he's a, bad. He's the evil. Like you know, he's the gonna be the villain, right? Did you think that was an effective way of sort of introducing him and and giving the audience a, a pretty good indication that he's a bit of a, a bit of a bad dude? <laughs> like I guess so, but this is kind of where I feel like it starts to kind of come undone for me because I feel like he's so cookie cutter. Um, it's not really like he has any kind of like strong convictions or motivations or anything. He just kind of comes off like your generic, I, I want to say almost like the redneck racist or something. But like in this case, it's this other species. I guess you don't really know the story. They kind of have like the, the picture above the bar of the guy who was, I guess you find out later is like the liberator. I don't know. I, I get what they were going for here, but this is not the kind of villain that I want in the old west you know i kind of would rather have had the guy with the black leather duster and he's mysterious and you know he's got the quickest gun and uh 
I just really felt like this was not the right kind of villain for this episode. Is that how you felt or no? Well, I mean, you're right that he's kind of a stereotypical kind of Western villain, but I think that's maybe what they were... Since this is like an homage to the Old West style movies, I think maybe that's sort of what they were going for. They wanted this like really abrasive kind of villain that's just like in your face and doesn't hide, doesn't really hide his feelings towards people. Like he's just a bad dude and he's he's gonna do bad things but wouldn't you rather you know kind of more of the like traditional western villain like this guy's the deputy right i kind of want the the mysterious stranger who comes into town who is causing trouble uh maybe something like a west world you know kind of the bad guy in west world where like a man of few words he's all actions right and and everybody's kind of afraid of him because he's a, a loose cannon and you don't know what his motives are and you don't know what he's up to like i feel like that what is the be a better villain than like i feel like data in a fistful of datas was a better villain than this guy but maybe like you mentioned they were trying to avoid that so this is more like the corrupt cop who's like a racist and he's going to uh you know cause trouble that way that's i think that's sort of maybe what they were trying to go for here i mean the 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 whole point of the episode is like it's like a message about you know oppression of minorities right right so maybe that i think that's maybe why they chose to go because he has to have a position of power in order for that to work yeah yeah and i get that i guess just for me i was a little bit disappointed that they were heading that direction right so Mm -hmm. when i i was kind of had an idea in my mind of what it was going to be like and then when they started going that direction i was kind of "Eh, okay See where we go. But this is where it starts to lose me. Also, they mention somebody called um, Sunbackers. They tell to Paul that if she doesn't watch out, she's going to end up like the Sunbackers when she says that the horse uh, like ran out of steam north of the city. I don't really get what that was. I, I thought, oh, this is going to be like some sort of like, you know, tribal thing. But I don't. Did you not pick up on that? I totally oh, okay. missed that. <laughs> that scene where they like trade for the horses kind of funny though yeah that was pretty good she's i like, always she's like you know how to ride that thing he's like i've seen every john ford movie that's true and did I you know like... uh did you know what john ford movies like did you did you pick up on that like joke or did you have to kind of google it well i knew that he, I, I did have to google it i guess to know that he was like a huge western movie. yeah yeah i kind of i knew the name just because my dad's really into westerns and stuff like that but yeah i had to kind of look and see that he did the searchers and all that kind of stuff but um yeah a pretty it's funny that yeah they didn't use like john wayne or something that everybody would know yeah that's the name that i would have known right i mean everybody would right and that's just it but um yeah no i thought that was actually a pretty cute scene um and yeah he kind of says riding is easy and stuff like that Um, you can't get the horse to move yeah (laughs) and you know what i do kind of like that because a lot of times in star trek and stuff like that everybody's an expert in everything you know so, like, everyone can ride a horse, everyone can, you know, rock climb, everybody can do all these things. But, like, realistically, in the future, if you live on a spaceship, you're probably not a good horse rider, unless it's an interest and you're doing it in the holodeck like Picard. Oh, yeah, Jean-Luc would have had that horse jumping over fences oh, yeah, in definitely. no time. Or Kirk, too. Kirk was an avid rider. Yeah, yeah. This sort of takes us to the Skagarin uh, settlement, like, outside of town, and we learn that it's, like, illegal to teach them, and they're living in this, like, burnt-out starship that i guess either crashed or was just sitting there and got burned and that sort of gets us i think that gets us to like sort of the whole point of the episode which i sort of already mentioned is it's like a you know it's like a message about oppression and they're using this you know western town in the middle of the delphi the delphic expanse is like a backdrop for this and um, i i thought this was like great science fiction yeah no i think so so do you think that these skagarans are supposed to represent like native americans that's that's how i kind of looked right. at it because you know in the wild west it was kind of the same way yeah like the whole american frontier where they kind of you know put them into certain kinds of schools and they wouldn't allow them to learn about certain things and it's like kind of Treat yeah them and it was their totally. planet that they kind of like overtook and things like that yep um yep. it is kind of an interest. yeah it's an interesting idea i do like that they had like a good reason for why it was the old west because yeah, yeah. if you took people from the old west and then you move them to some new place and they were to like rebuild the society they would rebuild it the way that they know it to be which would be kind of like the old you know wooden wooden houses on the streets and you know the guns and stuff like that like i feel like that part of it at least kind of made sense 
Oh yeah, that to me was like like I said right off the start. I mean, I like these parallel Earth stories when they have good stories, and right. I thought this was a really good story. Um, how the humans have got there, that the Skagarans like abducted them and were going to use them as slave labor to build this colony that they wanted to have on this planet, and the humans like overthrew like them that, yeah. and and basically turned the tables on them. And I I mean I thought it was a really cool story. I mean, we've seen variations of that before. The 37s is the one that really stuck right. out to me in Voyager, where those aliens, like... Amelia Earhart and all those guys. Yeah, just, yeah. like, abducted them and brought them, you yeah. know, halfway across the galaxy. So, yeah, I thought it was. I thought that was really one of the best parts of the episode for me, was just that it had a pretty... It had a good and a plausible story. Yeah, no, I definitely like that. Um, did you think that that was enough reason for all the people that were pleased to be so antagonizing? Or did you think that that was a bit of a stretch? I mean, you'd think, I mean, they were there for 300 years. You'd think maybe in 300 years things would have cooled off a little bit. But Yeah, um... and I was wondering why they hadn't really progressed. You know, the Old West is only really 120 years ago. Well, not even, right? The Old West ended in 1912, so yeah. like 105 years ago. So look how far we've come in 100 years. In 300, you would kind of expect them to have been a little bit more progressed. Although, that being said, there was what, only a handful of colonists. So maybe they just kind of got stuck into the routine of doing it the way they know. Yeah, I think part of it was kind of touched on a little bit later on. They They wanted to make sure that they didn't change anything so that the... Skagarans would never be in a position to enslave the humans again. So yeah, that that's true. Into it a little bit, but uh, I, 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 three hundred years is kind of a long, a time. long just time. Like yeah. living in the Wild West. Yeah, and I mean the other thing too is like, why not just kill all the Skagarans then? Well, like just li just honestly, just have a massive, you know, like wipe out. Just wipe them all out if they're going to be like they didn't really explain why they decided to keep them around. They maybe would have had a better kind of thing if they had a like. You know, they were the only ones that knew how to kind of get this resource or, you know, they had some sort of value to them. But like, it seems like everybody hates them, except for a couple of people that maybe are, you know, teaching them on the side and things like that. But I don't know. Yeah, it was that was kind of an odd part of the episode, I guess. Yeah, that they didn't really there was no progress made. All right. That now that leads us to the jailbreak. It's now, a jailbreak. Course, it's a course, Western, man. you got to have it. Of course you have to have a jailbreak. It's not a Western until there is a jailbreak. Um, now, I'd say this is like a pretty like stereotypical like Western-style jailbreak. Like Archer just sort of like, like he like hides his head, he opens the door, and he's like, oh, I, I need to ask you something, and then just like pun knock, punches the guy out and then, you know, frees um, the teacher, Bethany. Um, now she gets... This one doesn't quite go... So well though, because she ends up getting shot. Yeah, that was a bit shocking, right? When they jump up, they try to make the big escape. She gets shot. Yeah, that was that was definitely um, a little bit shocking. Um, now Archer, of course, has them beamed aboard the ship. Yeah, so like this is, I think, one of the things that people complain about with Enterprise is that like they make a point to really talk about how the the beaming is rudimentary and it is only really done for kind of medical stuff and and crates full of resources and they very rarely if ever want to use it for like human beings but then they do um and this one especially is really quick and it's two people which i don't know if i'd seen that in enterprise yet where they do like two people at the same time where he mm. talks about yeah like he calls for like two people at my position and so then to do it you think it was a really bad idea in front of all these people? Well, yeah, and I so it made me kind of go back and start to wonder, like, is the Prime Directive not a thing at this point in the... Like, it's not even Federation at this point, right? It's... Hmm, this is pretty tricky with Prime Directive because they're dealing with humans, right? Yeah, it, it, well, yeah, but and Skigarns. I don't know, That's a, does Prime Directive even exist at this point? Well, I thought that Enterprise, the entire show, was of kind of getting to the end, like, where the Federation gets built in the final episode yeah so isn't that when they kind of decide to do the problem but then to paul is always talking about how you can't do certain things like the mm -hmm. vulcans have a series of rules for like what they do screw but... the vulcans <laughs> well yeah that seems to be kind of a, a sticking point throughout the whole series but yeah i ah, it was maybe just one of those things where it is a bad decision but it was a quick decision because he was just doing it kind of quickly 
It yeah. also is one of those things like I I'm more of a fan of the the next generation where Picard stays on the ship and Riker goes on the away missions and when Picard wants to go Riker says no you're the captain of the starship you stay on the ship so it, it yeah it's weird that Archer in this era is like always at the forefront of the action well versus like Archer who's like okay I'm going to take me and my two highest ranking officers every time we're going to go on <laughs> every <laughs> time oh should we take that Mayweather guy who's you know completely generic and useless no 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 he can stay behind he can <laughs> he can drive the ship in the orbit I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. By this point of the episode, I was kind of was kind of checking out. I, when she gets shot, I was like kind of perked up a little bit, but it it just kind of brought up more questions than answers. That's for sure. Hey, Andrew here, and I just wanted to say thanks for listening to Random Trek Review. Uh, if you want to get some more Star Trek goodness, then make sure to check out the RTR blog at randomtrekreview.blogspot.com. You can also find us on social media, iTunes by searching for Random Trek Review, Twitter for, by searching at Rando Trek Review, and Instagram at Random Trek Review. Or if you just want to use the old style way of emailing questions, comments, or just gripes in general, then feel free to drop us a line at randomtrekreview at gmail.com. Now, this leads us to the scene on Enterprise in uh, when Phlox is uh, treating uh, Bethany for her uh, her gunshot wound from the jailbreak, and then we realize that she is uh, one-quarter Skagarin. Um, now, this I think this explains why she was so sympathetic uh, to them and why she was, like, teaching them even though it was illegal and ended up going to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did you find that to be, like, shocking, or was that kind of, uh, like, did it make sense to you? Nope. I didn't find it shocking or overly interesting. I mean, it was, it, it's a little bit too paint by numbers to me. It's kind of strange to me that they mentioned how they went really out of their way to make a really great Western style enterprise story. Um, just to have it really not have anything too, too crazy in terms of these big reveals that I think that they thought were really um, shocking or what have you. I, I felt like, especially the way that it gets really drawn out, Flox is like, I can't do the surgery, and they are they go, oh, why not? Well, I don't know the philo- I don't know the physiology. Oh, how come? Well, it's because she's a court. It's like, okay, come on, like you know, we all saw this coming a mile away. Um, didn't love it. You? Well, it, it was not really that shocking. I think. I mean, I wrote. I wrote shocking in quotation marks in my notes, so right. <laughs> I guess it wasn't it wasn't really that big of a surprise. I mean, it kind of it, it definitely explained why she was sympathetic, know, taking yeah. all the risks of teaching right. them and, and what. Would it really have mattered though if she was not Skagarn at all and she was just sympathetic not. because of the right thing to do? Probably not. Yeah, there there is a throwaway line that I thought was interesting that said that they chose people living kind of in the desert because those people would be best adapted to live on their planet because it was similar. Mm. That was kind of interesting. It was yeah, kind of a good was, idea. Yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty cool. A nice little like a little tie-in, like trying to make it realistic and trying to make it seem legit. Like I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was yeah that that sort of adds to the the story, I guess. That makes it uh, it makes it makes sense. Um, now we get to this part where where Bennings and the Bennings is like convinced that Archer is like in cahoots with them after they beamed him. Um, I mean, do you think that's like a unreasonable conclusion, or do, or does he? Do you think that Bennings is kind of justified in thinking that based on you know how Archer had acted earlier? Well, I mean, there were magicians in that period of time, and they would have been relatively popular in terms of entertainment. So the idea that they would think that it was a, like he's, the sheriff says it's a parlor trick. Um, and that is believable. I mean, I don't know about the, 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 the twirling glow, but I mean, I feel like anybody that sees anything that's kind of super extraordinary is probably going to try to come up with some sort of logical explanation first before assuming that they have some sort of magical powers or that they're but then again they were abducted by aliens right they didn't explain that process but they know for a fact that maybe not them because it's been 300 years but they know that their ancestors were abducted by aliens like they know that to be true yeah they know that there's space travel because of the fact that the earth is far away from wherever this planet is so that means that they should probably have at least some 
level of skepticism, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the same conclusion Archer comes to, right? Is mm-hmm. that like these guys realize that they've been abducted, so we might as well just tell them they have a right to know. Yeah, I don't know. This Bennings guy definitely seems pretty impulsive, so I don't. It doesn't really surprise me that he's all like, "Oh, he just vanished into thin air. He must be in league with the with the skags." You know? Right. It's not really a big stretch to to get there. And then uh, now he ends up giving up his badge because the the sheriff is like, "No, no, you're not doing anything. Let's just try to you know show me proof before he started going crazy." And he's just like, "All right, well." Drops his badge on the ground and walks out. Now that was, I mean, that surely was a sign that there was going to be some like shenanigans later on, don't you think? Yeah, like I said, this is very beat by beat. You know, like I feel like I'm, I'm two step ahead of this episode almost from from go. So I, yeah, I can, I know it. I mean, it's a western episode, so you know that it's going to end up with like either pistols at dawn or a big, you know, over the top shootout. Um, to, to cap it off I, I almost wish it had ended with him and like archer just like having a duel i i yeah i mean if they had done kind of the the duel thing then i feel like it would have maybe been slightly better but this guy is just like i think like he would just lose you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's no there's no like fun to this did you ever see um the third back to the future no oh, okay so like in the third back to the future they go back to the old west um, and they kind of hit up on all the big tropes of the old West, but it's all really done like light and kind of for fun. And I, I kind of feel like that's what this needed. Like there's kind of a shootout in that movie where Marty McFly like puts a piece of like an old, like, um, like furnace door up his shirt. So he loses the the gunfight, but he survives because he's got mm-hmm. the, the, it up his shirt, like just kind of things like that. Um, this didn't feel as much fun as what i was hoping for i know they were kind of going for a more serious western like a tombstone or something like that but i just wasn't feeling it i don't i don't really feel super invested in these characters at this point no uh, they didn't want it to like devolve into fistful of data which they just was right I, I know i guess the thing that they were kind of worried about coming into really kind of held them to a certain kind of tone mm-hmm. and then the tone just didn't really pay off in my opinion I mean, it's kind of a tough thing, tough balancing act. I mean, to to go for like the super serious and the like, just flat out silly right. western. And I, I I think they were trying to sort of lean more towards the this more serious side. But yeah, the Bennings was like very generic. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I guess I guess maybe where I'm coming from too here is is that like if you are sitting down back in when did this come out? Two thousand and two. 2003. 2003. So if you're sitting down in 2003 and you're expecting a sci-fi show about, uh, you know, and this is right in the heart of the Zindi and all that kind of stuff. And you're kind of sitting down to expect um, like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen this week in terms of like, are they going to get another clue? Are they going to figure out the super weapon? All this kind of stuff. You sit down and they have a one-off episode that's in the Old West. Okay. Do you really want that to be serious? Or is that the opportunity to kind of do a more lighthearted, kind of goofy, silly episode where you can kind of just, you know, have some laughs and have some kind of uh, cliche Western things. And then next week you can get back to kind of the more serious mission that you would have been like on the route of. To me, I feel like that is the big the, the strange kind of take on doing a serious Western rather than, and I get the fistful of data's thing, but that's going back now. Like at the point of this was like years, right? Like it wasn't like it was fresh in everyone's mind. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, I, I, I think just changing the setting of the series for one episode, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of a nice little break yeah. of itself. So I, I, I don't really mind that they went the serious route. Cause I mean, fistful of data's is, it goes really far, just, really fast. Yeah, and I think you really have to not take any risks of devolving into that sort of uh, that far on the more lighthearted scale of things. That is true, and I guess yeah, this is this is leading to where we all know this was going, right? This is all just kind of setting up a big shootout where mm. you can have the bad guys who are very obviously bad because they've thrown away their badges. Versus the good guys, who are very obviously good because their names are in the title card. Now, just before we get to the uh, the good old shootout, there's that one scene when they're on the ship. I mean, it's the only scene on the ship in the whole episode. 
when they're talking about, oh, what are we going to do with these these poor humans that are just like in the middle of nowhere? Um, now, I mean, it was a real sort of dilemma because there's like 6,000 humans and, you know, Enterprise cannot nearly handle that many people. So they're like, what are we going to do with these people? Um, I, I mean, I guess that's just like the one scene that they threw in so that you could get Hoshi and May Mayweather in there because how else are you going to do it? <laughs> well, but they could have. Yeah. I mean, it was a legitimate concern like what are they like they can't just leave them there without at least considering like what are what are we going to do about this they're just sitting there on this alien planet they're human beings like we can't just right yeah and i mean i feel like even that is a little bit more kind of that's kind of like an old next generation thing right where they have to kind of sit down and discuss what they want to do and take suggestions from everybody and and come up with an idea. Um, the difference being on next generation, there would be some like imminent peril that true have to give it have to now. do it right away, right away. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and that's kind of like Journey's End, right? Which wasn't necessarily Native that was Native Americans, not Western, but I mean, same idea, right? They had to move them. Yeah, this was good. Um, I'm kind of in the midst of checking out by the time this scene comes rolling around. Um, I'm just waiting for the big shootout. And so this this was kind of interesting, but this is too little too late for me, in, in, if I'm just being honest. Um, mm -hmm. By the time they came, come to this, and also their resolution is super generic. Like, they decide, well, we'll just come back for them later. Yep, pretty much. They're right? basically like, yeah, once we're through with the Zindi, we'll we'll come back. Like we'll put up a Check post. Up we'll put a post-it note on our like the back of our computer screen that will say like, go and pick up Skigarans. <laughs> I guess that is probably the only solution in this scenario. Um, and I guess it kind of does just remind the audience that are watching it on a weekly basis, like, oh, that Zindi threat is still lingering and looming. But then we get to, like, you know, Archer goes back down to the surface in the shuttle pod this time. He doesn't, like, try to hide anything. He's in uniform. He brings all his... Mm -hmm. Reed and Reed, his cronies with him. And then the good old-fashioned uh, gunfight breaks out. Yep. Um, after he meets with the sheriff. Um, I, I love this. I thought it was pretty good. You this know, was, yeah. As, like, as far as, like, you know, this is, like, stereotypical, like, Western. Like, even how it starts, right? Because there's that one guy, he's, like, peering out yeah. through the window, and he, like, pulls out the rifle, and Reed sees him and shoots him, and then it just goes all... Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, the itchy trigger finger kind of thing. Um, yeah, you know what? I have to admit, for this episode, the beginning and the end was kind of the best bits for me, because they felt the most Western-y and the most kind of, like, where they went for it. I also kind of liked the juxtaposition of them in their uniforms and actually using the shuttle as kind of cover while they were um while they were having the big battle um also like a great uh great special effect i think it was probably a squib when uh, archer gets shot i thought that looked really good especially for um like network television like you literally see a chunk of them get blown out that's kind of cool yep yeah that was pretty pretty good did you notice uh, the number of phaser blasts that went into like the water troughs and like the, there was like the splash? Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, that was pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like uh, of the era, right, with the westerns where the gun hits the dust comes up and the phaser does the same thing when it hits the water. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that was pretty that was a nice little touch. They did that at least at least two times that I remember maybe right. more. Right. And I guess like they have their set to stun. Because there's kind of that great scene at the end when the guy grabs to Paul, mm, yes, and then he uh, Richards just shoots him, shoots her, I should say, yeah, because it's set to stun. I thought that was and the guy's just like, and yeah, then he shoots the guy, yeah. No, that was great. <laughs> yeah, this was the fun I was kind of waiting for, to be honest. Yes, definitely. Um, and I don't know that they needed to necessarily wait this long. I kind of feel like maybe it should be more of this and less of. Like the Skagarans learning like multiplication tables. Maybe they could have made the jailbreak a little more... More action-packed, like a yeah. breakout rather than just kind of that generic like one-punch kind of thing. Yeah, or like, you know, if he gets... When, when he's like trying to escape, you know, he's like got the horse's reins in one hand and he's like shooting out... Yeah, the something yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. Like Or like a big horse chase, right? Now, the sort of the last part of that, after Archer gets shot, he turns into like lefty... McLeft over there. Did you notice he he got in like a big scuffle with that Bennings guy and he's like fighting him with his left hand because he got shot. Yeah, like I liked right that. Yeah, yeah, I did like, like that. That was a that was a nice sell job by Archer there. He gets shot in the arm and then he can't use it to fight. That was great. I liked that. Yeah, he pretty much like fought that guy with his left hand, mm -hmm. like literally. 
Like, yeah. you know, you always, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I can beat you up with one hand tied behind my yeah. back. I mean, Archer basically did it. He basically did, did do it. And they did it, like, <laughs> going under the horses and everything. Oh, yeah. It was all, all the, all the you know, fist fight western stuff. Generic stuff, yeah. yeah. The guy gets dumped in the trough, <laughs> like, all those kind of things, yeah. Like, I, I mean, Archer's always getting his... You know, he's always getting beaten up, it seems, especially early in the series, but it's kind of nice to see him... Like, him actually win a fight. For once. Yeah. <laughs> now, this brings us sort of the, to the end of the episode, and there's, like, there's a bit of a conversation between Bethany and Archer about how um, the humans on this planet have basically made no progress over the last 300 years. That's versus what I said, yeah. Humanity. Yeah, we, did, we, we touched on this earlier. Um, I, I thought it was a nice little scene where she's just like, man, I, I wish we could have done things that you know the re- other humans have done and you know because she's like standing on a starship looking at her planet through the window and, and mm-hmm. i thought it was kind of a nice little scene at the end there yeah it's kind of like an education is important kind of thing yeah and and being progressive is important i mean if you you know if you get set in your ways too much you're, you're not gonna grow you know, yeah. you're not gonna grow you're not gonna make you you know you're not gonna do anything spectacular you know you're just gonna it's gonna be the same old thing day yep. in and day out yeah, so um yeah, that was a pretty nice scene and I thought that was a nice little end of the episode. Um and then and then she goes to the planet and she's like teaching the Skagaran kids about Earth. So. Yeah, the Wright brothers. Do you think that was a tie over to the title card where that's the the Spirit of St. Louis at the beginning of the Maybe. Is that the Wright brothers, the Spirit of St. Louis? I think so i'm not i'm not not 100 percent sure but yeah, yeah. maybe we should have went to that cigar in school <laughs> so we could have learned about it okay let's move along to the uh the cast and characters in this episode um there's really only three major sort of guest uh characters um we'll start with um bethany who is the uh the, the one quarter Skagarin teacher um what did you think of of bethany in this episode yeah, I thought she was okay. I don't think that was anything super interesting. They end up being a quarter Skagarin, which was a little bit of a payoff, I suppose. Uh, but I don't really have that much to say about her. I mean, I don't think that she was overly memorable. Um, when she gets shot while they were making their escape, it was kind of shocking. But yeah, most of her scenes kind of just end up kind of being a little bit stale and... I don't necessarily feel like she really fit like an old west kind of archetype, you know. Like I kind of would have rather her been more of the damsel in distress kind of, uh, you know, like maybe the cheesy like tied up on the railroad tracks type, um, mm. or alternatively, um, kind of like a female empowerment like in the old west, you know, like a mm. a woman who's you know cutting her teeth as like a gunslinger herself, and she just kind of is like a citizen. Like, I don't think that they really capitalized on the Old West for kind of any of these characters. Um, they're really uninteresting, and, and her, she might be the worst offender of it. Yeah, I mean, there was something missing. Um, just there, She was just a really sort of flat character. Like, mm-hmm. There wasn't really a lot of depth, even for like a one-off character. It's just Yeah, like I feel like we, we've seen in Star Trek characters that are far more passionate about lesser things you know mm-hmm. think about in next generation and um deep space nine you know when sci- scientists show up and they're so passionate about this um you know experiment that they're going to run even last week i feel like when we talked about um the experiment at the binary star system like the scientist was very passionate about getting this uh this experience and you know everything like that she didn't seem to have any passion she was just kind of going through the motions there was something missing and and yeah i tend to agree that it was kind of a kind of a disappointing uh, character and i i feel like the sheriff was kind of the same way mm-hmm. um sheriff mccready um i mean he was he was a bit of a like he was a very big stickler about like the law it seemed which i guess makes sense makes sense because he was the sheriff but again like he I, I get kind of the same feeling from him that he was just kind of going through the motions and I mean, the only time he really showed any... There, there's that one scene where he was, like, getting the shave, and he's like, would you like to have a shave? And Archer's like, no, I'm fine. And he's like, oh, nothing like a shave to make you feel like a million bucks or whatever. Like, yeah, it's like, like, like... Like, that was the only time that he showed any, like, any personality. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's kind of my beef. He didn't even really kind of look like the typical sheriff either like you would kind of expect the sheriff to be the old gunslinger who's you know more like going to settle his roots and he's become 
you know, kind of ingrained in the community and everybody goes to him because he knows what's best. He's been around the longest and everything like that. But he wasn't. He was no. just like the generic sheriff. And there's kind of a couple of scenes where, you know, he tells Bennings like, you better not do it. And that's it. Um, I kind of feel like the bartender was maybe like the most interesting and the boat, the best <laughs> written character of all these characters that come along. Like he had the whole thing where his dad was like the uh, person who kind of broke mm. everybody out and everything. Like yeah. maybe that should have been the sheriff's dad or something. Maybe. Because I feel like, yeah, this guy is generic. Now this actor, um, he appeared in three other Star Trek episodes in one movie. Really? Yeah, I was actually a bit surprised. I'm usually pretty good at spotting rehashed actors, but um, I think the reason I didn't notice is because uh, he didn't have a mustache in any of his other appearances. So, yeah, he was in uh, two Next Generation episodes of Voyager, and he was also in Generations. I never would have guessed that, but... No, I wouldn't have either. I was yeah. actually very surprised. Okay, well, he's a Star Trek alum, but this one I feel like is probably got to be his weakest performance. I don't know. Uh, the ones, the but... other ones, I, I, well, I don't remember, so... so hard to say, but... <laughs> uh, and then that brings us to Bennings. Um, he was a little... He, he had a little bit more flair, I guess, and he was a little bit more... Uh, I think it was a bit more interesting than the other two that we've already... He, he was very uh, prejudiced and wasn't shy about it. Right, but I, I kind of feel like he's super generic too. You know, I feel like this is a character that you typically see, right? In the old westerns, it would have been the person who hates the Native Americans, right? Or or whatever the case may be. But I don't know that they did enough here to kind of create like a... Like there wasn't enough world building, right? They show up, it jumps, starts hot, you're in the old west, and then you find out that there this flip has happened. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's not much there right like these characters are all super super generic and the whole idea that they were afraid of it becoming fistful of data is i think that that was a curse like i think they were so afraid of pushing the envelope on any one of these characters in fear that it would kind of go more towards parody and become like that that they just made them as basic as they could possibly be and that really kind of hurt the episode as a whole to me like this Bennings guy, he's prejudiced. He's bad. You know, he's got to you got to get him. You know, he gives up his badge. Eh, like it was okay, but like yeah. it's 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 too generic. Like it's there's just not enough character there, right? Like why was he so prejudiced? Like did yeah, his parents yeah. get killed by his figarins? Like they worked mm. to death in the slave camps or something, and he never forgave them. Like there was nothing like that. He just was against them because. For no reason, right? Because, like, you're just just expected to accept it. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to maybe get a little bit of a, maybe some story, even if it's just like Archer's like, why do you don't like, why do you like, why do you dislike them so much? And he goes, you know, just gives them a quick, like, two minute story of, like, here's why I hate the skag so much. Right. Yeah, or even like when he's kind of dressing down that, uh, the young boy, mm -hmm. maybe he could have said, you're, you're kind, you know, killed my parents or whatever, my sister, my whatever. But yeah, there wasn't there wasn't any of that, and I felt like it just kind of made it seem like they were pretty hollow cardboard characters. That I guess I they do end up kind of just being like you know phaser fodder at the end, which is perfect for a cardboard standout. Now this actor was also uh, uh, in a previous Star Trek episode. He was in the Voyager episode The Shoot. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. That was the one where Paris and Kim were. In that, like, prison where the ship would, like, just dock and, like, dump people in. Remember that? Nope. No. <laughs> well, nope. I don't at all, but... Well, if we draw it out of the... Well, oh, no, no. At least hat, get one point, yeah. If we draw it out of the hat, you can you can watch for them. Uh, let's move on to some production notes. There was a couple of... Uh, there, there was, did you notice the swipe edit? I did, and that is yes. a very common piece of editing in old westerns. Um, and and then... very unusual in Star Trek. Yes, true. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a nice little nod, a nice little piece to kind of throw in there, which was kind of cool. That's, that's the kind of thing I was kind of hoping for more of, to be honest. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it, it would have been cool if they'd done it like consistently through the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking they might do, especially since I thought that the title was going to actually be Westernified. Like you Magnificent know. Seven theme or something? Yeah, or, or even just... <laughs> You know, put a little bit of cowbell and a little bit of da, 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 into Faith of the Heart at the beginning. The, like the North Star remix? 
Now, this episode is kind of a metaphor for, like, North American indigenous peoples. And, I mean, I thought that this was, like, brilliant use of Star Trek. To, to make, you know, to give a message and do it using Star Trek Sci- universe as a, as a backdrop. Yeah. yeah. Do you like this better than Journey's End? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I think... I think they're both good in their own way. Um, For anybody that doesn't remember, Journey's End is the penultimate episode of Next Generation, I want to say. I think it's the it's last very, one before All Good Things. Uh, I don't think it's the last one, but it's very close. Yeah, maybe there's. it might be the second to last. But it is essentially there's Native Americans, like literal Native Americans living on a planet. And then the Federation needs them to be moved because they want to set up a mining colony or something like that. It's well, all... it was the treaty with the Cardassians. Right, basically, right, basically yes. they gave their planet away. Right, exactly. And so then Picard has to come and kind of break the bad news and move them out of there, even though Wesley disagrees. And it's kind of a very similar kind of feel because, you know, yeah. the Native Americans got thrown out of the U.S., then they found a planet, and now they're getting kicked out of there. Yeah. Um, this is more like kind of flipped around. So now it's these Skagarans who. It's but, more metaphorical, like because the Skagaran, like the, there's not literal North American indigenous right. peoples. It's, but also like North Amer- like Native American people, like didn't enslave Europeans and then have it get flipped reversed, right? No, yeah, you're right. It, it is a little. They, they, the the story's been tweaked a little bit. Right. But it's it's still, still pretty, pretty good. obvious because yeah. you know in the in some older Western movies you know the that would have Americans been a story would have been yeah exactly yeah yeah no i thought it was a pretty nice little uh you know it's a that's like classic star trek right yeah no and i i i feel like again i tip my hat for trying we'll have to see whether it panned out when we get to the review <laughs> now there's some very unique um like cinematography on the exteriors like to me they almost look kind of almost black and white did you yeah, well, I don't think you could really not have noticed that. Yeah, I think that uh, because the Western set that they probably filmed on is, you know, so well done and so perfectly p- pieced together that it's probably just like second nature when they go to film there that they kind of film it in a very specific way. Kind of like a lot of those like long shots up the road and like, uh, you know, all the extras wearing the certain clothes and things like that. Like, I feel like yeah this was kind of a natural thing to do i almost wish they had gone a bit further maybe even like grainy up the film or something yeah it really it it was very noticeable it really jumped out to me like those first couple of exterior scenes like the teaser was at night so you couldn't Mm. really notice but those first couple scenes i was like whoa that is like very different from what you would normally see Mm. on uh, an episode of enterprise Mm -hmm. no definitely i thought it was pretty pretty effective uh, let's move along to some like memorable scenes or good lines. Um, is there anything that uh, you you liked about this, in this episode? <laughs> uh, my favorite line is, I've seen every John Ford Western. How about you? What was your favorite memorable line? Um, there weren't a whole lot of like scenes other than the gunfight that really stood out. I mean, the, the, the horse, the training for the horse was also pretty funny too. Um, but yeah, the gunfight was really the only one that I would say was like, stuck out to me um now as far as lines go um i thought the line that archer had when he was in the saloon and bennings is like baiting that guy into shooting them and archer walks over to him and he goes excuse me can i get some more coffee before you shoot this man like i thought that was hilarious yeah that was pretty good like i laughed when i was sitting here all alone watching it by myself i'm like you know i actually laughed pretty hard when he said okay that. yeah he said it so like matter of factly even though there's like this huge like really tense situation right in front of him yeah that's true and i feel like that was kind of westerny too right like he kind of had the <laughs> swagger down yeah um that was good yeah i'll give you that one yep all right how about uh, we just uh, wrap this up with some final thoughts and then uh, give me a rating out of five colt 45s colt 45s um yeah i mean i, I think that it's pretty obvious that i wasn't super into this one i thought that it had a lot of great promise and i actually really do like old western movies um it's something that my dad and i watch whenever i go back home he kind of watches them all the time so i i am always down to sit down and watch a good old-fashioned western um, I don't think that they made the right call here. I think that they took the wrong tone and they tried to make this super serious when if you're going to do something where you're in the Old West and you're going to have everybody wearing cowboy hats and run around with six shooters, 
you probably just want it to be a little bit more lighthearted. I felt like, why make this an Archer-specific episode? I feel like, you know, Mayweather and Hoshi aren't even in it. I mean, I feel like maybe get them down there, get Trip into Paul down there, and just kind of have like a big ball-to-the-wall action kind of episode where you have a bunch of shootouts and a bunch of fun and um, maybe not necessarily go like crazy parody, but just make it fun like this did not seem super fun to me but it also wasn't really deep enough that i felt like it was a moral quandary like it was really kind of um obvious that the skagarans were being treated poorly and that they shouldn't have been because uh they were a metaphor for native americans of the time uh, you know of that era and yeah it just didn't really land with me unfortunately which is too bad because i was kind of excited when you told me last week that this one was a western one i was like yeah this is going to be great and then it just kind of it just kind of was um i'm gonna go two out of five colt 45s it was decent how about you um i thought it was solid um I, I, I sometimes, like, having recently gone through the original series and seeing a lot of these parallel Earth episodes, they they can be very bad and very cheesy, but um, I, I don't know. I thought the episode, the tone of it was, I mean, it could have maybe been a little bit more fun, but I thought it was okay, and I thought the story was pretty good. Um, I mean, if you compare this to, like, Fistful of Datas as far as, like, Western Star Trek episodes go, like, this, I, I thought this one was, like, way better and i like the gunfight at the end with the, with like the star trek elements to it so it was kind of a nice little fusion at the end of the two uh the two things um i mean i'm not a huge fan of these episodes in general but i mean i thought this one was pretty i thought it was good um it was enjoyable it was it was decent um i'm gonna go with three cold 45s out of five All right, I hear the red alert siren, which means that uh, we're at the uh, final part of the podcast where I'm going to uh, reach deep into the uh, 10-gallon hat of episodes and I'll draw a uh, brand new episode for Andrew to uh, tell me what he can in uh, one minute about this uh, this brand new episode. So I'm going to put one minute on the clock. So Andrew, um, how, how are you feeling about this? Um... I guess I'll have to wait and see which series it is, number one. And then okay. tell me this. Uh, yeah, let's go beat by beat. This will be more fun. So tell me the series. Okay, it's the original series. Okay, so not great. Uh, season? <laughs> season number one. Okay, that's a little bit more promising. Uh, episode eight. Um, okay, maybe. It's been a while since I went back to the original series, but the episode is? The title is Miri. Oh, no. Andrew's uh, just give me just one second here. Yeah, we'll let Andrew gather his thoughts here for a moment. Uh, if you're playing along at home, uh, you should, I'd suggest you uh, just pause the podcast for a minute here, see what you can remember about this episode, whether it's the, the plot lines, whether it's some guest characters, good lines, uh, maybe um, secondary plot lines, anything you can think of, just grab a pad of paper or see what you can write down this is kind of an interesting one i'm going to take out a shot in the dark here but yeah interesting miri shot in the dark is uh better than nothing and also required by the rules by the rules yeah i i have to admit it's been a long time since i went back to original series season one um i was kind of hoping for a more of a classic episode but i will try my best all right, I got one minute on the clock. Are you ready? I think that I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Okay, one minute starting now. So considering it's early on, I feel like this is going to be a very traditional Star Trek episode where there's going to be a moral quandary that needs to be discovered. I think that it is going to be a classic big three going to an encounter on a planet uh, because of the name miri i feel like it's going to have to do with women and either transporting a woman or a group of women uh, i think it's gonna be one woman named miri to a different location or there's going to be some sort of kind of uh, moral dilemma based around feminism progressivism uh like a over uh bearing father of some sort um and the 
members of the enterprise spock kirk and mccoy are going to have to kind of help in that um i feel like it also might be like a super patriotic um society uh where this one woman is trying to kind of break free from um the society that is like very like male driven and then the enterprise is going to have to kind of help with that process and your time is up uh, i vaguely remember this one um Oddly enough, I think this actually takes place on a like a Western set. No, <laughs> oh no, really? Yes, but it's not like a Western per se. It's like I seem to remember there was like a lot of these like kids living in this like Western town on okay. an alien planet, and then there's I I can't remember exactly what happens after that. But there is a character named Miri who's like the focal point of the episode. Okay, well so. I got that. So <clears throat> maybe one out of five. Maybe who knows. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I have to admit, yeah, it's been a while since I've gone back to that, but I'm assuming that people playing at home are probably yelling at their radios and computer screens right now. Uh, the correct answer. And <laughs> how the correct, can you not remember How do you remember Miri, that great episode from season one? Um, back to yeah. the original series. You haven't been there in quite a while. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of excited to kind of venture back. Um, all of our yesterdays was kind of the last time we had visited the original series, and yep. I am more than happy to head back to the 1960s and get a little taste of the original series myself. Yep, that's where we will be going on the next uh, installment of RTR. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on RTR, and we hope you'll join us next time as we look at Miri. Sayonara. Sayonara.